0: You are listening to the Family Worship Center podcast with Pastor Noah L. Nicholson. At FWC, our mission is to be the church where the love of God is demonstrated freely by me. If you like more information about our church, visit our website at www.fwc-chicago.org. Now stay tuned for today's message.
1: We're here. We're here in Jesus' name for the glory of the Lord. All right. I got a quick announcement about the youth financial literacy program. Flyers are on the tables. Uh, we're going to be starting up pretty soon, so we want you to sign your children up. Uh, the ages, of course, are the ages from the teen years, from 12 to 19, I believe it is. And, um, we're teaching them about banking we're teaching them how to handle money we're teaching them how to write checks and things of that nature how to begin to budget manage money so you want to get your child in this so that they understand amen we don't want our children going to the currency exchanges cashing their checks right we don't want them doing that we want them to know and understand how to bank how to use banking no sense in giving part of your check to somebody else well you don't have to do that that's a waste of your money So we need to teach them these principles. Please see that your child gets in that sign-up. We need your help, too. If you want more information, you can see Sister Cherry. She'll help you out with more information. They announced that there's a session today um, for our children. It's not our children. It's our teens. Somebody say teens. That's a session for our teens uh, today I don't remember where they say it's going to be, but it's somewhere in the building. So this is for our teens, not the children. This is for our teens. Amen. Y'all ready for the word of the Lord? Yeah. I got a long way to go in a short time to get there. Long way to go in a short time to get there. Y'all give me a few minutes. Let's go to the last book of the Bible. What book is that? Revelation. So we go to the end of all things, the book of eschatology, um, the end of all things. And so spend a little bit of time there. I try to read the Bible through on some sort of a regular basis. And so obviously I've been, the last few weeks you've noticed that I've been in First John. Because I'm right there at the end, i um, Revelations reading through. So sometimes when you read through the Bible, God gives you things out of particular text. So Revelations, you got it? Chapter number three. Trust everybody's got a Bible, a smartphone, or something. where well, they can look at the word of the Lord. Thank God for every guest that's here. We appreciate your presence. You're in the right place at the right time. Amen. You could have went to any church you wanted to go to. There are hundreds of thousands of them. There's almost one on every corner in Chicago on a busy street. So we thank you for sharing with us in worship on today. You're welcome here anytime. Now, Revelations 3. Uh, if you're sitting close to someone, just tell them he, don't, he don't preach like this all the time. Sometimes he's nice to us. He preaches nice messages. He preached nice messages. So I told them in a leadership, I went to a restaurant they just built in my neighborhood. And I went for the first time and the steak was so chewy and the waiter was not that attentive. So I said, I probably wouldn't go back. So I don't want you, if you're a guest here today, don't judge us by today. This steak is a little chewy today. But it's good for you. Tell somebody, it's good for you. <laughs> All right, look at, look, look, look at uh, uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. Jesus, of course, is talking to the church, talking to John, giving revelation for the seven churches of Asia. And this is the revelation that he gives to the church of Laodicea in chapter 3, verse 14. You got it? It says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched miserable poor, blind, and naked. Did he call them wretched? I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eyesalve that thou mayest see as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. And I will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with the Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Verse number 16. So then because I art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Oh, help me preach today. Look at your neighbor and squint your eyes at him. Some of y'all ain't looking at nobody. If you're close enough, look at a neighbor and say, neighbor, Jesus says to you today, don't make me vomit. Don't make me vomit. Before we look at this verses and we begin to dig into this a little bit, I think that needs to be a reminder that whenever you look at revelations, and of course the first few chapters deal with the seven churches that God is unfolding the revelation to. And these churches can be viewed from three different perspectives, and this is important. You need to get this. First of all, these churches can be uh, uh, um, looked at and viewed practically. Some might say practically. They can be viewed prophetically, and they can be viewed personally. First of all, practically, because these are real letters to real historical churches with real problems. And the Bible said that each letter is to be read in every church. Then they can be viewed prophetically, and the reason why we say prophetically is because these letters to these churches also portray uh, the various church history or stages of church history. So in other words, the church of Ephesus is a particular time in history that represents the church and the body of Christ. And as you go through the list, it's moving through time. Each church has a representation of a particular season of the church age in that time. Laodicean, the Laodicean church, pictures the state of the church from about 1900 AD to the rapture. So basically we're living in the prophetic time of the Laodicean church. It is largely the church as we see it in the world today and it is of course in many ways an apostate church. An apostate church means that many times uh, churches will veer away from the teaching of the Lord, the teaching of the apostles, and they will gather to themselves uh, teaching. Many times they have thought that they are very wealthy, very rich, they are not poor like the churches before them. And so it is the Laodicean to see an age that we now live in. And thirdly, somebody say thirdly. Thirdly, that these letters and these messages of Jesus Christ can always be taken personally by every person in the body of Christ. These letters speak to every Christian and to every church that reads them. They have a word for every individual. They have a word for every individual and they have a word for every church and every congregation. So as we read this, we understand that there are things that God wants us to glean for ourselves as we grow in the things of the Lord. Y'all with me? So then as we study this and we look at this word to the church of Laodicea, a little background helps us to understand what God is saying. First of all, the city... Of Laodicea was founded by Antiochus II, uh, sometimes between before 235, rather 253 B.C., and it was founded and named after his wife. His wife was Laodicea, and uh, he named the city after his wife. This particular city was located on a high plateau, because they were located on this high plateau, they were very secure from an enemy attack. And sometimes when you are secure from the enemy attacking you from the outside, it can cause you sometimes to walk in a pride of security and the attack then has to come from the inside since you are insulated from the outside. Then this city was located on this high mountain and one of the defensive problems of the city of Laodicea was the fact that there was no ready water source in the city. Water had to be piped into aqueducts to get to the city. And so they had to have waters, the hot springs of Heriopolis, which was six miles away. They had to pipe the hot springs into Laodicea and then they had to pipe in from Coloss. You remember Paul wrote the book of Colossians to the city of Colossus, the church of Colossus, they had to pipe from Colossus about 10 miles or so away, pipe water into the city. Uh, tell somebody, say, that'll be important later. Y'all got to stay with me. That'll be important later. They had to pipe the water from Heriopolis, which was the hot springs of Heriopolis. They had to pipe that into the city. Then they had to pipe the cold waters of Colossus into the city about 10 miles to aqueducts. And so Laodicea, it was a city that uh, was destroyed by an earthquake in 61 AD, and this shows us the wealth and the power of Laodicea. Much of the city was destroyed by an earthquake, and this city was so self-sufficient that they actually began to build the city and rebuild it with their own resources and even refused help from Caesar. They told Caesar, we don't need any help to build our city back. We have enough money and enough revenue to be able to build and the resources to to do it. The city was famous for three primary characteristics and and Laodicea was famous first of all for finances and money. Some might say money. It was famous. It was the center of banking and finance known in the Roman Empire for its wealth, its financial power. It was a financial powerhouse. And they were also noted not just for finances, but they were noted for fashion. Anything that came out fashionable came out in Laodicea first. Laodicea was known for the soft black wool that produced in that particular city. It was a luxury item that people sought after that they would make clothing out of. They would make rugs out of and different things for their home. So Laodicea was the center of fashion. It was was like New York, you know, it was just the center of fashion, the latest and newest styles would come out of Laodicea. Thirdly, it was known for its pharmaceuticals and there was a famous medical school in Laodicea that produced a tablet that was sold all over the Roman Empire. This particular tablet was able to be crushed and mixed in water as they mixed it in water. It was able to become a paste that they could use and put it on individuals and it would bring healing properties of the sicknesses that people had and so this is the Laodicea that Jesus now is sending his word to. This is the Laodicean the church is a part of this matrix a part of this social structure that he's sending the church to and Jesus has a few problems with Laodicea. Jesus comes to the church and it's interesting when you look at this, that he comes to the church and he has not one single word of commendation for them. Uh, tell somebody say he ain't got nothing good to say about them. He has not one single word of commendation. He considers their works. He looks at what they're doing. And he has nothing good to say about them. Every other church in the seven churches, he has good stuff to say somewhere. But in this church, Jesus has not one commendation, nothing good to say. He simply begins to lay out the problems that they're having. And, and so it's, it's one thing as interesting as this, and that is this. If Jesus is talking to you, it doesn't matter how messed up you are. It's a good thing. The fact that he's talking to you is a good thing. Somebody say, the church, the church, the church. The other thing that we lift up from the text is this. No matter how bad a church is, no matter how bad a church a congregation may be, no matter how bad it may be, a corrupt church is still a church. In other words, here is a church that Jesus could say nothing good about, but he is still addressing it as his church. And it's also interesting to note that uh, he says there is a problem of possession here, because when you read the other books, it will talk about the church in the city of Sardis, the church in the city of Philadelphia, the church in the city of Thyatira, the church in the city, but when it gets to Laodicea, it says it is the church of, Of the Laodiceans. In other words, God says, in many ways, uh, you are operating in this church like it's your church and not my church. In other words, you're doing what you want to do and not necessarily the things that I'm telling you to do. The other interesting thing is this. When you read the Bible, you will notice that when he goes to Ephesians, he says all these wonderful things about the church of Ephesus. He says all these wonderful things about the church of Ephesus and says nothing good about the church of Laodicea. However, it is only the Ephesus church that he tells them, if you don't get this together, together i will remove your candlestick the candlestick represents the church it is interesting that he goes to a church that's doing so many things right and one thing wrong he goes to them and says I will remove your candlestick he goes to the church that's doing everything wrong and nothing hardly right and does not threaten them to remove their candlestick now you just got to look at that for a minute one of the things you have to do is to ascertain what is it that Ephesus was doing wrong even though they had so many things right Ephesus was messing up on the man thing and that was you have left your first love it doesn't matter what you do for me if you ain't loving me then none of it means anything to me and until you get back to a place of love you are in danger of me moving your candlestick but here this church is doing everything messed up but they don't have this uh, thing about the love peace God says y'all just off center and of course he says to them I need you to repent so Somebody say repent. So he identifies these problems with them and, and Jesus is helping them to understand That this is his church This is, belongs to him The church does not exist It is not a platform For somebody to become well known It's not a platform For individuals to come And set up their own agendas And their own ideas And their own opinions I'm a pastor I'm a pastor of a church That God has allowed me to pastor One of the things that really uh, bother me is when people preach or teach their opinions as though it is the word of God. You cannot preach your opinion in God's church. When you give your opinion, you have to say, this is my Opinion. You cannot release it as truth as though everybody ought to follow your opinion because that doesn't help people. What helps people is to disseminate the truth. Only the truth. Can make you free. I have to be a person, an individual that gives you the truth of God's Word. Then you take it and do with it what you will do with it. But you can only make proper decisions about your life if you have the truth. Somebody shout the truth. And so Jesus is saying it is his church. It exists for his glory. And so in his church, we are here to promote him. We're not here to promote the pastor, to promote anyone else. We're here to promote Jesus Christ. Not only do we promote him, but we preach him. We praise him. we. We publish him. We publish the kingdom of the Lord. We publish the truth of God's word. And that's what the world needs is the revelation of God's truth. And so Jesus is helping them to understand that he's got a problem with them because he said to them that they lack passion. Somebody shout passion. Jesus tells them that uh, They are like the water That's being brought into their city They have become the war Remember I told you there's a problem With this water here They're bringing in water The hot springs of Heropolis, uh, And they're bringing in the cold water From Colossus By the time uh, the water comes in That is hot from Heropolis, it is now lukewarm. By the time the water is pumped in from Colossus, it was cold when it started but now it's coming in and by the time it gets to Laodicea it is again lukewarm and now what the Bible said is that this lukewarmness this tippet lukewarm water uh, is not helping anybody it just makes, makes people sick when they drink it that way the church had become lukewarm this means that they had lost their passion for the things of God. They didn't have any fire for him. They had become indifferent. They had become apathetic. They had reached a place where they were going through the motions but they were unmoved by the things of God. They were still having church. They were still doing church but they really wasn't excited about God. They wasn't excited about souls being saved. They they were no longer excited about the things that God was excited about. They was excited about their wealth. They was excited about their cars they were excited about what they wanted in their lives but God was saying y'all not excited about me somebody say you got to get excited about him and so the average church that we look at today in our in our world is a study many times in apathy there are not exactly a dead but they're still praying they're still preaching they're still singing but there is no fire there is no excitement there's no of who they serve. There is no passion of what they hear. There is no passion of what they do. So many people will come in church, sit down, they will fold their arms, they will take a posture of relaxation and they will say within themselves, bless me if you can. I'm just going to sit here and wait on somebody. Maybe it's the choir is going to bless me today. Maybe the is going to bless me today but I really didn't come to put any effort in at all I just want somebody to do something for me today Uh, look at them and look at them and say this ain't your church this is Jesus Christ church it is only ours because we identify With Jesus Christ And so we're here to bless him We're here to worship him I believe in services That are seeker friendly I believe in trying to make things uh, uh, Available for those Who are searching for the Lord But you cannot get this twisted The service is not For people really who are seeking The Lord A worship service is to worship the Lord So if anybody has to be pleased with what you do it has to be the Lord who is pleased and everybody else comes in second because if we make God happy everything else will fall into place somebody make him happy right now and clap your hands and tell him thank and so then, the problem of perception. Jesus says, "He says you all have a problem of perception." A touching neighbor says, Is "He talking about us? I'm talking about you. If it's you, I'm talking about you. If it's you." This is not just this church. This is every church in the Laodicean age. And so he said, I have a problem with your perception, Jesus says. He says, you Laodiceans look at yourselves and you see yourselves as perfect. You see yourself as wealthy and powerful and you see that you have all that you need. He said, you are looking from a position of your possessions and your power. And you say, in many ways, we have arrived. They say said indifferent and unmoved by the things of God but because life was pretty comfortable they said they had arrived the problem with the attitude was this Jesus says it is based upon your blindness he said because you're blind you cannot even see yourself there are people who think they're holy but they're not it's so interesting to me how the bible simply declares over again Jesus says In Matthew 25, then he's saying it here. It is interesting how he is saying these are real Christians who is his church. He's talking to his church, although they are corrupt. They're still his church, and he's talking to his church. And he says it's interesting how people can be in church, having church on a regular basis, and feel like they are okay with God and that everything they got is okay with God. And Jesus is looking at them saying, you are corrupt, wretched, miserable, naked, and blind. (laughs) Shake a neighbor hand and say, how can a person think they got it all together? They think they got it all together. And Jesus is saying, you're miserable, wretched, naked, and blind. That means that it's possible for us to see ourselves in such a way that we think we're good. And Jesus is saying, "Uh uh-uh, you got to come up from where you are. Somebody say, come on up, come on up. Tell somebody, come on up. He said, You're blind and you see yourself not as I see you, but you see yourself entirely in a different way. He said, I'm praying, I'm praying that we never become a people that see ourselves through the eyes of success and prosperity, because that's what most of the neo Pentecostalism has become, in that churches define themselves by their prosperity. Don't miss it. I love to have prosperity and there is principles in the Bible for it but just because you don't have a lot of money or a new car does not mean you are not in relationship with Jesus Christ because Jesus says I don't gauge the relationship by how much money you have because money don't excite me I don't gauge the relationship by how many people in your church don't miss it I want the souls I would rather have a church with just a few folk that love me than a cathedral with folk that don't love me at all oh y'all think I'm playing I'm going to show you what I mean God said I'll save eight people Who want me and I'll kill The whole rest of the world that don't That's why he says Narrow is the way that leads To me Broad is the way that leads to destruction I'm not caught up with numbers I'm caught up with Folk that want to worship and praise Me and give me my glory Cause if I want some numbers I can make another world If I want to make another world Somebody shout hallelujah i <laughs> ain't nobody going to heaven but those who want to be there and so the bible says he says, you see yourself and you think you have all these things but what you need is me you don't need more money you need Jesus you don't need bigger house bigger car what you need is Jesus oh don't miss it I want some more money I want a bigger house I'll take a bigger car but that's what I want what I need is Jesus Jesus! Somebody shout Jesus! In him, and so he's saying because you have this view of yourselves, he's saying you're making me sick to my stomach he says when I taste you I just want to spit you out of my mouth I've done too much for you for the level of praise and worship that you give to me you've made other things more important than me you have apathy you come to church when you feel like coming you you worship when you feel like worshiping when you don't feel like it you don't do it as a matter of fact uh, I'm not a part of a church like that I stand outside of that church knocking on the door Ah, y'all ain't gonna like me But I gotta be. Shut your neighbor say It's a little chewy today But it's good for you It's good and so Laodicea he says to them uh, that there was a prescription for your problems He said the church had trouble in but all hope was not lost Jesus says there is a cure for what's going on I love Jesus Jesus never comes and gives conviction without giving the answer to your problems He never comes and points stuff out and then don't tell you how to correct it I love being in a relationship with people That if they got a problem They can at least articulate what the problem is And then tell me how I can fix the problem Don't just walk around with a problem And you don't want to tell me what the problem is I can't read your mind Jesus said I'm going to tell you what my problem is So we can get it together Snap a neighbor say let's get it together this morning He says, first of all, I'm going to give you the cure The first cure is his divine appearance on the scene Here comes Jesus on the scene and says, I am the confirming one Calls himself the Amen Amen means so be it, let it be so, or so it is so What is he saying? I am the Alpha and the Omega I am the last word of everything. I'm the amen. That's why when we in church we say amen. That's it. That's the last word. Church somebody say Jesus is the last word. I don't care what mama told you I don't care what daddy told you Jesus is the last word He said let me come in and show you Who I am He comes in and says I want to confront you Because I am also the faithful And the true witness The church had a vision of itself That was flawed Sometimes we as individuals have visions of ourselves that are flawed so jesus says i am the faithful and the true witness your homies might look at you and say everything's all right but when you come to me i'm gonna give you the real deal holy field i'm gonna tell you what's really going on in your life your cronies are making you feel like everything is well by the same token sometimes you see yourself less than what jesus sees you folk have talked about you so long and have abused you with their opinions so long that now you think that's who you are jesus says let me tell you who you are Shake a neighbor's hand Say you cannot define me Nothing can be defined By the customers that use it Y'all ain't with me But I'm going to preach it anyhow Nothing can be defined By the customers that use it You can't define what a thing is Because you're a customer The only one that can define The purpose of a thing Has to be the manufacturer Of the thing And when you get the thing the thing It has a manual that goes with it and the manufacturer says if you use this manual things will work out for you you can't go listening to somebody you got an ipad i remember when the iphones first came out i don't see jasper here today Uh, maybe he out of town when iphones first came out i got me an iphone and Jasper Hagen had an iPhone I'm using an iPhone You know it's nice It's really nice And Jasper walks up to me And says pastor I see you got an iPhone I say yes I do He says how you like I think? it's okay it's nice I like it he says you know what I think that possibly you may not be using it till its fullest potential because if you were using it till its fullest potential you would say better things about it so you have people in your life that are just users of you and they Define what you really are all about. I'm using the iPhone, but I ain't using it to its fullest potential. He showed me, Pastor, you can download apps on this phone. And when you download the apps, you can almost do anything you want to do. I start downloading apps. I, I said,
0: Shut your mouth. Man, this thing is awesome. Had you read the manual, you would have known it had more ability than what you were pulling out. Give a neighbor high five Say neighbor Had you read God's manual on you You would know you had more potential Than what you're living up to right now Shout hallelujah
1: Shout hallelujah one more time Jesus said I'm the true witness about you And let me tell you What you ought to be about He said I got a divine announcement For y'all The Lord desires for his church He says You need to come and reflect me Because the water Like y'all's water is, Is lukewarm They understood that completely
0: They knew when they drank that water They just spit it right out their mouth
1: He said, by the time the water gets to you, it's all messed up. Jesus is trying to tell us, his church, and every individual in here, I want you to be hot or cold. I just don't want you in the middle.
0: You can be hot or you can be cold. I don't know which one you are,
1: but if you're hot, that means you're a healer. The hot waters, the spring waters, people go to them to get healed of ailments. They get healed in the warm hot waters, but then when it's hot outside, and you thirsty as you can be, you do not want no hot cup of tea, you looking for a cold glass of lemonade, I wish I had some real people, you are looking for a cold glass of lemonade or water, cause now you want to be refreshed, and when you drink the water you refresh,
0: hotness is for healing. is the refreshing of my presence in worship and so either you a worshiper and you gonna refresh in my presence or you a healer of folk that I hurt but you gotta be one of you can't be in the middle you ain't good for nothing just lazy don't want to praise don't want to bless nobody don't want to worship don't want to work slap a neighbor say get on fire
1: shall get on fire for Jesus he says to them he says you guys are wretched wretched means you're terrible he said
0: you're miserable which means you need to be pitied then he says you're poor and destitute but you think you're rich you're begging around. He says, you think you got the best clothes on, but you're naked. Because first of all, he says, what you need to do is come to me. Then clothes, you got on, you need to change that and put on the royal vesture. It ain't about these clothes. That's why when folks start preaching on these clothes, they like Laodicea. It's not these clothes. It's the clothing of righteousness and salvation. When you put the salvation on, rest of the supper fall in line. God, I wish I could preach through here. He said, I want you to clothe in my life righteousness. He said, I counsel of you. I want you to come and buy of me gold and of silver. You think you're rich, because you got a little money in the bank. But that makes me spew you out my mouth. It's not that money that makes you special. You come buy of me gold. Hold on, God. If I'm poor, how can I buy gold from you? He says, come
1: unto me and have milk without price wait a minute if I'm poor how I'm I get the gold and the silver you don't buy it with that kind of money
0: you got to buy this with your praise and your worship that's how you get this gold and silver come unto me and be zealous and repent help me preach look at the neighbor and say come on let's repent
1: this morning look at them one more time and shake their hand and say don't play with me I know there's some stuff you need to repent of
0: too. God wants us to catch on fire. And so he comes with the promise. He says behold I stand at the door and I'm knocking. He knocks on the door of the church. The latches on the inside of the door. He knocks on the door of every individual in here. He's knocking on the door of the church. And said "There's somebody will open up the door
1: I'll come in and I'll do my thing up in there
0: shake a neighbor's hand and say neighbor come on let's knock on the door
1: the word "knock" there is in the present tense active indicative mood in the Greek it means Jesus says I keep on knocking tell somebody he don't give up on you he keeps on knocking on the door can I preach just a few minutes and I'll sit down y'all if y'all let me preach look at some I said, let him preach. I believe I will preach it just a little longer And the Bible helps us understand There are people who say This church ain't got no power Have you ever been in a church Where you heard people say they ain't got no power They ain't got no anointing in here Have you ever heard that before
0: Well let me help you out When somebody says that They are indicting themselves they ain't indicting the church. They don't know it, but they're indicting themselves. How are you indicting yourself? Because Jesus is saying, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. I don't need everybody to open the door. I just need one person that can open the door around here. And I'll come in here and do my thing. Shake a neighbor's hand. Say, if you had some power. There will be power in the house Cause you would have the door wide open That's what God meant when he said I'm going down to Solomon Gomorrah But if I can find ten folk in the city That will open up the door I'll spare every heathen in there Shake a neighbor's hand, say, neighbor If you think this church ain't got no power You are the reason it ain't got it Cause if you catch on fire Everything around you Will catch on fire with you You like a hot coal when uh, He told us today If you put the coals in a pile And you take one coal and light it And let it get hot as fire Then take that one coal and put it on these coals And all of a sudden all the coals Will catch on fire Throw your arms around your neighbor Say no let's catch on fire catch on fire for Jesus you can do it by yourself if we could get one person in here that will open up the door shake somebody's hand say open up the door for your family we don't need your whole family we just need you all your family may be drug addicts They may be on crack cocaine they may be drug addicts, they may be alcoholics, but when you go home, you open up the door for Jesus, When Jesus steps in the house, he says, I, I am the Alpha and the Omega, I got all power. Word. I heal everything in here. I heal everybody in here. Is there any demons in here? I run every demon out. Give a neighbor a heart. I say, neighbor, you got enough power. So run every demon out of here. If you open the with your praise open with your worship the devil's gotta flee he gotta run out of here shake your neighbor's hand say this church got power cause I know I'm opening the door I'm gonna praise him I'm gonna worship him somebody give him about three people open up the door with me open up the door with me yeah. Yeah. open it with your worship open it with your love open it with your repentance somebody say God I'm sorry say I'm sorry God for not being all you created me to they not doing all you created me to do. Oh. Sorry. Sorry for not loving people. Sorry for not loving folk.
1: He told, he didn't threaten to move their candlestick. He didn't threaten to take it away. He said, you just you need to repent though. But Ephesus was doing everything right. But he told them, because you're not doing the main thing, which is loving me and loving people. You're faithful. You give. You're preaching. You're teaching. You're doing all the right stuff. But if you don't turn that love thing around, I don't care how you prophesy, how you preach, how you speak in
0: tongues. If you don't turn that love thing around, I will remove your
1: candlestick. I'll take it away. This church was the church. He had not one good thing to say. But they still is church. Shake a neighbor's hand and say, you know what? I might be messed up. I might be messed up, messed up, messed up, messed up. Say, but I'm still in the body of Christ. Say, Jesus is still my Lord. Tell somebody else, Jesus still loves you. He says, now I want you to repent. I want you to come to me. And get the gold that I have. Get the clothing that I have. Get what I have for you. So that you don't make me sick no more. But I'm pleased with your worship. I'm pleased with your praise. You're hot or cold. You're either cold and a refreshing drink on a hot day. And that's your worship in the presence of the Lord. Or you're hot because you're a healer. And you set other people on fire. But whatever you are, saints, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen... When somebody comes into your presence they ought to leave refreshed by either the hotness of your healing or the coolness of your worship but they ought to leave better than when they came into your presence. No one left Jesus' presence and didn't feel better except self-righteous people who thought they were so holy And couldn't see themselves. But when you begin to see yourself through his eyes. He helps you to know that love is what it's all about. Come on altar workers. Somebody needs love right now. You need to come to Jesus. Jesus says listen. I want you to be hot or cold. I just don't want you in the middle. Tell somebody you got to make up your mind now. There is no middle ground with Jesus. Either you saved going to heaven or you going to hell. I know that's hard but it's truth. It's just the truth. Either you saved, you've given him your life, you've been baptized in his name, or you lost because there's no middle. The rich man said, let me go back. Jesus says, no, there's no middle ground. Those in the righteous place can't come to you. And those in hell with you can't get over here. Because there was a great gulf fixed. He says, either you're going to be saved. Ain't nobody going to be in heaven but those that want to be there. If I don't want to worship him down here, why would I want to go to heaven for eternity? And live in the earth for eternity with a God that's going to be filling the presence of the earth. And I don't want to give him a praise here. That don't make a lot of sense. So if you're in the room today, you need prayer, whatever your need is, I want you to come get in the house just like those people you see. Listen, the Lord says, let me set you on fire and let the world watch you burn for my glory. Let me show you who you are. Stop being defined by people who use you. They can't define you. You got an iPhone. You're not using it because you don't understand the manual. You don't understand all the stuff it can do. It's nice to get around somebody who does understand. That's what church is about. To help you get around those who understand Christ. Understand the word. That can help you understand who you really are in him. And not who people have defined you to be. Teach you how to use what you got. You got, a, you got a Ferrari, goes 220 miles an hour, and you're riding around at 55, scared to press the pedal, but you have so much more in you, so much more in your mind, your ability to do. We get excited, listen, you're in a Maserati or you're in a Ferrari, but you only drive 55 miles an hour. And then here comes somebody that's driving a Cadillac. And they're going 160. And you're like, oh my God, look at them fly. They pass you by. And you know what we do? We get excited about what people are doing that's greater than what we're doing. But don't understand that what's in you is greater than what's in them. You driving a car that'll go 210 miles an hour. You just won't use it to it's potential. And you're getting excited about somebody else that's doing what you ought to be doing on a whole nother level. But when you start talking to Jesus, he starts showing you who you are and what you have the power to do. Somebody say, the power of one. One voice sometimes can change the whole direction of a country. A Martin Luther King, the power of one voice that stands up The power of a Mother Teresa, the power of a Gandhi, the power of a voice, the power of a Nelson Mandela, who will walk away from his own sufficiency, his own practice as a lawyer, and take away his own self to help his people. Because somebody said, the power of one. Don't you know you can open the door to your house, to Jesus, to the church to Jesus? Don't ever let somebody tell you, your church ain't got no power. When they tell you that, they're indicting themselves because it only takes one person to open the door. When Peter was standing at the door knocking, they were in there praying for his release. He's standing out there knocking and nobody opens the door. And then one little girl, so I say one little girl. One little girl goes to the door and opens the door. You may be a teen, you may be a teen. You can be the door opener of the power of Jesus in your house, in your family, in your school, on your job, in your house, in the church. You keep the door open. Touch somebody and say, we're going to keep this door open. So that Jesus can do what he wants to do. And we can be the people he wants us to be. And love folk like he loved folk. (laughs) Refresh people like he refreshed them. Heal like he healed. Love the way he loved. Give God praise. Give God praise. Everybody give God praise. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise for the Holy Ghost. Give him praise for the refreshing of the Holy Ghost as a mighty wind sweeping through, refreshing everybody. Power of the Holy Spirit in your house. Power of the Holy Spirit on your job and your family. I want everybody who were late giving again seed now We going home. as are passing out again seed. If you were late, give your offering now. Somebody say, Holy Ghost power. Y'all ain't saying to say, Holy Ghost power. Say fire. fire. Say it like me. Fire. fire. Fire of the Holy Ghost. In your house. In your home. On your job. When you walk the streets. In your car. In your church. Because you got the door open. You see yourself as he sees you. You know you have the power to save the city. Look at somebody say you have the power to save the city. He said ten people. I'll save the whole city if ten people will be righteous. I'll save the whole city. I'll come in the church if one person opens the door. I'll come in and I'll set it on fire. Keep the door open. Tell somebody say keep the door open. Tell somebody else, keep the door open. Don't make him throw up. Don't make him vomit. He vomits when you look warm. You just limit middle. Don't want to do nothing just lazy can't praise him can't help nobody just lazy he said that makes me vomit the water needs to be cold or hot your worship cold or hot one or the other either refreshing or healing but don't let it be in the middle listen I want those that are so with me I'm going to sow a $70 seed today $70 7 is the number of perfection Seven is the number of perfection. I just sowed the seed out here in my spirit. That's what I do. Seven is the number of perfection. The completeness. You're in the book of Revelation. It's the last book that he wrote. It's completeness. Church of Laodicea is the last church of the seven churches. It's completeness. His revelation is in all the churches. But in this church, he gives this revelation. In the Laodicean church. We live in the Laodicean age. It's from the 1900s until Jesus comes with the rapture. Is the Laodicean church age prophetically? And God speaks this message not just to this church, but to all his churches. Not just to his churches, but to each of us individually. Because we are the church of Christ. We are the body of Christ. He speaks to us individually. If you didn't have tithe, if you didn't give earlier, give it now. Lisa will help you if you need Visa, MasterCard. I want those people who are so a $70 seat with me. Let me see you just jump up where you please. Just stand on your feet. Let me see you, Pastor.
0: Thanks for listening to Family Worship Center Podcast with Pastor Noah L. Nicholson. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, fwc-chicago.org, to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous podcasts. Join us next time for another edition of the Family Worship Center Podcast.